have now. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you're welcome to another session of leadership. And uh, today we'll be speaking on leadership and risk management. Leadership and risk management. I have with me um, Dr. Emmanuel Mo Apollo. You're welcome, sir. Can you, you please introduce much. yourself? Yes. Okay. Um, my name's, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Dr. Emmanuel Mo Abolo. I am okay. the group managing director and uh, CEO of the Risk Management Academy Limited. I'm also okay. the director general of the Economic Think Tank Center Limited. I am the president, Institute for Governance, Risk Management and Compliance Professionals. I'm also the president of uh, the Professional Speaker Society of Nigeria. Well, my background is uh, in economics. I read, uh, you know, economics, BSc, MSc, and PhD degrees in economics from the University of Lagos, and wow. um, lectured briefly as uh, an associate lecturer. And um, from there, I moved on to the banking industry. I started with the first bank of Nigeria, PSc, as a senior manager back then in the 19. Uh, mid 90s. I worked in First Bank for 12 years as their first uh, chief economist and also group coordinator of the bank. And then, of course, uh, I was also the first Basel II project manager at First Bank. And then I moved to uh, Access Bank, where I was also the first chief economist uh, of the bank. Of course, I was also running uh, five other departments, uh, you know, market risk, operational risk, enterprise risk management, and of, of course, I was also the chief anti-fraud officer of the bank. Uh, working there for about three years, and I left for the Nigerian Export Import Bank, where I was uh, the chief risk and also the chief compliance officer of the bank, and retired voluntarily in uh, 2018 as an acting executive director, and also a GM and a director in charge of the East and South Regional Operations of the bank. So today I'm a consultant, and a trainer building capacity across many industries and across the globe. Thank you very much. Wow, amazing, amazing. Wow, your CV is <laughs> you know, quite uh, interesting, sir. So how did you get into leadership? Well, that's, that's a very good how question. Yes, that's a very good question. Um, I would say that leadership was conferred on me by God. Uh, that's a very humble thing to say. Right from childhood, um, based on my knowledge and capacity, uh, I just saw that people always follow me. They wanted me to provide direction. They wanted me to provide vision and so on. So right from being a child, I was also, you know, I was already in that leadership position. I was already being prepared for, you know, higher leadership levels. Uh, so that's how I got into uh, into leadership. But if you are talking about leadership at the corporate level, um, I would say that because of my knowledge and skill, uh, my movement to leadership position was quite fast, very, very fast indeed. Wow. Um, so I would say it was a dint of hard work. And uh, because I was able to develop very uh, speedily and quickly at the time, my emotional okay. intelligence. So I, I was wow. I had those interpersonal skills and therefore people always uh, like me stakeholders and uh, the board uh, board members always wanted they gave me that opportunity to 
to occupy leadership positions. So I would say it started right from childhood. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Awesome. I just want to celebrate you, sir. Uh, you are one of the few people that I, you know, engage with, you know, uh, regularly and your knowledge is, you know, superb and very diverse. And uh, I just want to welcome you once again. For Thank you. Those who are just joining us on this session, um, I'm here tonight with um, Dr. Emmanuel Mo Abolo. Um, he's uh, going to be talking to us tonight on leadership and risk management. Now, what's the what, what are the similarities between leadership and and risk management? Um, yes, um, I think I would like to rephrase that question. Okay. Uh, rather talking about similarities. We want to talk about the relationship between yeah. uh, leadership okay. and uh, risk management. That is what you have in mind. Uh, yes. What's, yes. What's the relationship between leadership? Is there any any relationship? Is there any correlation? If so, what is the nature of the relationship? I, I want to take it at two levels. Hmm. We we have leadership within the risk management function. Hmm. Leadership within the risk management function itself. So we can take leadership, at, we can discuss leadership at that at that point, from that point of view. Then we can also talk about leadership, the corporate leadership itself, where mm. risk management functions, where risk management functions. So you have leadership at two levels. So if we take it at the level of risk management, you find that within the governance architecture of any organization, you have the, the the board risk management committee the board risk management committee that provides oversight for risk management in any particular organization but if you go down below that then you have leadership uh, you often we have what is called the chief risk officer the chief risk officer provides leadership at the executive management level so you have leadership at that level okay you have leadership uh, in some organizations um uh, of course the the managing director you know provides some form of leadership but because you want to ensure independence want to ensure independence of the risk management function from the executive management then you can limit leadership to the chief risk officers uh, you know level mm -hmm. so if that's the question we take that question from that perspective uh, we will say that there's a very strong uh, relationship if you have a very good leader good risk management leader leadership at that level then you have an effective and efficient risk management mm. so you have a positive relationship a positive correlation so mm. when you have a good leader a good risk management leader then you will have an effective and efficient risk management you know in that particular organization mm. so if you go to the corporate level mm. the corporate level leadership at the corporate level who are the leaders at the corporate level the leader you have the board of directors of course the mm. shareholders are being represented by the board of directors mm. basically the board of directors they have overall oversight they need they have to provide oversight over risk management in every organization that's the way it is structured they provide oversight and if anything goes wrong if anything goes wrong in that organization, organization, the first set of people that you have to hold accountable are the board of directors. Now you can begin to trace the leadership from there. So you have the board of directors, 
Then you have the board committees, the various board committees that provide leadership at those levels. And then you have the board risk management committee. Mm. So if I'm to respond to that question, I would say the relationship is, is very, very key. If wow. you have a good board that provides overall oversight function, oversight mm. over the risk management architecture, and they believe, they believe and commit to risk management, then you will have a good risk management architecture in those wow. organizations. Wow. But where those leaders, where those leaders, by virtue of their body language, or what you also call the tone at the top, if the body language, if the tone at the top shows that they are not interested in risk management in that organization, then of course, risk management will be very, very ineffective in, mm. in those organizations. So leadership is very key. It is called the tone at the top. If the tone is right, then you will have an effective risk management. But when the tone is wrong, if they are not walking the talk, if they are not talking the talk, then risk management will be in shambles in those organizations. Wow, wow, awesome, 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 amazing. Um, my, my mentor and my coach, uh, John C. Maxwell, who I belong to his team will say that everything rises and falls, you know, on leadership. You know, leadership right. is influence. You know, nothing more, nothing less. Now, this takes me to the question: What is the responsibility of a leader in the area of risk management? Yes, um, we can summarize uh, the responsibility in that phrase that we said. That is the tone at the top. You see, the body language matters, the body language. So the first responsibility is for them to walk the talk. That is the first responsibility. What The way they communicate, their body language, the kind of decisions they take, the people, the, 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 the people, the stakeholders, all the members of that organization, they must see that the board or the leaders they commit to risk management. So their first responsibility is to send a signal out that we commit to risk management in this organization. That's a major, major responsibility. If that is not, if that is wrong, if the language, the signal you are sending is, is wrong, then of course, risk management will not be effective in those organizations. The second responsibility is designing what is often referred to as um, um, the, 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 the governance architecture, the governance, the structure. The corporate governance, yeah. Yes, the corporate governance architecture, the framework, the policies, because in every organization, you have various types of risk in that organization. If we take banking, for instance, risk is not a monologue, it's heterogeneous. There's all kinds of risk, okay? So you have a credit risk, Operational risk, strategic risk, market risk, reputational risk, legal risk, construction risk, or liquidity risk. The risks wow. are so many. So for each of these buckets, each of these buckets of risk, the leaders must ensure that policies are developed for each of these risk areas. It's a must. Mm. Now. Wow. As you are developing those policies, you would have come up with what you call a mathematics um, universal set. 
universal hmm. set in the sense that you must have an enterprise-wide framework. The hmm. enterprise-wide framework is the universal set. So from that universal set, you will find the various policies must flow from the hmm. enterprise risk management framework. So, the organization is to make sure that one, you have the enterprise risk management framework developed, then you have yeah. the policies and processes and procedures developed for each of the risk areas of the organization. That wow. is another, that is one responsibility. Then, of course, um, what are the deliverables? What are the deliverables from each of these risk areas? And also taking an integrated view of the enterprise, what you also refer to as enterprise risk management. What are the various deliverables? It is the responsibility of the leaders to ensure that these deliverables are delivered. Mm. So it is not just enough to have policies in place. Many people have policies in government, for instance, they have a lot of plans here and there that are, you know, gathering dust everywhere, spend mm. billions and millions to develop these policies. So it is not about developing policies. It is about ensuring that these policies are implemented to the letter. That is a major responsibility. Then, of course, talking the talk. We have talked about walking the talk. What about talking the talk? That's one responsibility. In other words, at every point in time, at meetings, mm. the leaders must be seen to be discussing risk management. Mm. They must be seen to be factoring risk and risk management into the decision-making process. Mm. And they must also ensure that all of the stakeholders, the employees, are allowed to interrogate and to engage and to discuss risk from different mm. perspectives, okay? So they should be allowed. So you, the, so the talking the talk means people should be allowed to discuss risk across the enterprise. And mm. every decision that is being taken, the leadership wants to ensure that every person in that organization, they factor in, they mm. factor in risk into their decision-making process. So it will not be it will not be right. It will not be appropriate for the other employees of the organization to be saying when it comes to risk and say we have a risk department. They are going to handle it. Let's leave them. Let them handle it. No, that's not the kind of organization you want to run. You want risk to be part of the DNA of mm -hmm. every staff in that organization, from the security to the gate man to the cleaner. Everything you are doing, what are the, what are the risk implications? Once you are able to do that, then that is a, a very good leader in that organization. Okay. Then, of course, investing in technology. That's one responsibility. You cannot manage risk with your hands. The era of manual operations are gone. We're in a digital age. Even prior to this digital age, every successful organization, those who want to deploy the best architecture for risk management, they deploy the right technology. And there are technology solutions that will help you to manage risk end to end, okay? And to make sure that all the risks are integrated together. You can't do that manually. So a leader must provide the right tools and technology for the management of risk in their respective mm -hmm. organization. That is, of course, because this costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. That is why the leader must come in. So if the leader does not believe in risk management, he will not want to spend a dime on technology. So one of their major responsibilities is having the technology to run 
the risk management, uh, you know, uh, framework and, and, and architecture of those uh, of those various uh, of those various uh, companies. Another Amazing. very important one. Yeah. Very important oh. one. Go ahead. Yes. The COSO framework, the Committee of Sponsoring Organization of the Treadway Commission, 2004. They defined enterprise risk management within the context of strategy, within the context of strategy, within the context of appetite, deliberately. And of course, they tied it to the objectives of the organization, very mm. deliberately. That is why I love that definition by the COSO. By the COSO. Now, the ISO 31000 ERM, ISO, stands for International Organization for Standardization. International Organization for Standardization, ISO 31000. It says that risk is the effect of uncertainty on objectives. The effect of uncertainty on objectives. That's the definition of, uh, of risk, which is beautiful, beautiful definition. So what am I coming to? What I'm saying is that the leaders of every organization, any responsible leader or leadership must mm. ensure that the risk management architecture of the, of the company is tied to the strategy of the organization. Mm. You cannot wow. be having risk management going in one direction and your corporate strategy is going in a different direction. It cannot work. There must be proper alignment. Wow. And the only people that will ensure that alignment between the strategy of the organization and the risk management architecture of the organization are the leaders. So the risk management must be part and parcel of the strategic crafting, strategic crafting of that organization. That is a major responsibility. Yeah. Um, well, of course, um, the other point is uh, communication, communication, communication. Mm. The, the, the leadership of the organization must provide the framework and the, and the structure for communication, risk communication across the, the enterprise. Well, the list is very long. I think these are the most critical. Wow, uh, in wow, responsibility wow. of a leader Amazing. in the area of risk management. Amazing. I have one of my John Maxwell uh, team members, you know, that is following us, following us all the way from Joss. His name is Olai Wale Odeemi. And he's saying that, you know, um, risk management is the business of everyone in the organization. He's trying to re-echo what you have said. He also said the effect of certainty on the objectives of the organization. Now, I just want to escalate it now. You know, when you look at the risk management profile of, you know, the appetite for, you know, the economy of Nigeria, how do you, you know, what would you say concerning the risk management profile of a nation, you know, like Nigeria? So Sorry, I'm not hearing you well again. I think the line is breaking. Okay, can you um, come back in? Can you reconnect? Is it from my end? Yeah, I think it's for your end. Can you come back in? Okay, just uh, yeah, please. You can you can come back in again. Y yes, we have been speaking with uh, Doctor Emmanuel Abolo, and uh, we've been sharing on leadership and risk management. He's back in now. Okay. Yes. Can you hear me now? Hello, sir. Uh, the network. I'm trying to yeah. change the network now. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. 
So um, we've been speaking on leadership and risk management, and he has been uh, doing a great job. Okay, I've know, changed the network. Go ahead. Let's see. Okay, but you can hear me now. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Hello. Yeah, you can. Can you hear me now? Hello. Yes, I can hear you now. Yes. Hello. Okay. I've changed the network, so. Okay, I can hear you, but uh, I think you are not hearing me. Maybe you you need to connect again. I'm hearing you now. Oh, you are hearing me. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Yes. All right, excellent. So, um, we have been talking on leadership and risk management. I want you to now address when we talk about leadership and risk. How, how do you situate that in the in, in terms of the economy of Nigeria? Okay. Um, if you're talking at the macro level, yes, yeah, what we refer to as macroeconomic risk, macroeconomic risk. And so, what is this macroeconomic risk? There are many. So, if you look at the macro environment, uh, there are certain macroeconomic fundamentals. Um, you take uh, GDP, uh, the gross okay. domestic product, uh, is, is one area of activity which summarizes all of the things that are taking place uh, in the country. That's uh, the GDP. Uh, you look at the level of inflation, okay? Inflation, inflationary trends. Uh, all risk areas for businesses and for government, because if you want to assess the performance of a government, you look at these macroeconomic variables. But for businesses as well, these are sources of external risk to businesses, okay? So you're talking about inflation, you talk about uh, interest rate, okay? Then your GDP, uh, you look at the level of consumption, look at unemployment, okay? Uh, you look at level of investments, savings. Okay. Then you can also talk about security situation, security, right? Um, and then of course, uh, relationship with uh, the external, uh, the external uh, countries that are external to, to us. What happens in Chad? What happens in other countries also affect us because okay. we are running an open economy. So these are all macroeconomic issues, and if these fundamentals. If these fundamentals are not right, what will happen is that Nigeria will be losing. Hmm. We'll be losing in terms of financial resources and also losing in terms of reputational damage because hmm. reputation is even the greatest source of risk, both for individuals and also for, for organizations and, and, the, and the country. Hmm. So, if... So the leaders of, of the country must make, must work out a way to manage all of these sources of risk, you know, in a very holistic okay. manner, okay? They must be okay. careful and delicate balancing to ensure that all these risks are managed in such a way that they can propel, they can promote and galvanize, you know, productive activities in the country. So if, for instance, you, you see bombs flying around within the country, you see uh, kidnappings going uh, going and of course, the implications are quite clear. Your GDP will go down, production will go down. And that's what has happened. That's what has led us to this uh, recession. Because recession essentially is uh, a decline in aggregate demand. Aggregate demand. Mm. In, uh, in simple economics, uh, aggregate demand 
at a point of equilibrium is equals to aggregate supply, okay? And it's also equals to output. It's also equal to GDP. It's also equal to national income, right? So when there is a decline in aggregate demand, that is your G in the, what is called the, the income equation. I don't want to go mathematical, but I'm saying, that when there's a decline in aggregate demand, what the government yeah. can do is to uh, is to introduce uh, you know uh, expansionary expansionary fiscal policy and expansionary monetary policy in order to drive aggregate demand. Expansionary. Mm -hmm. That means you need to increase government expenditure. You need to increase government expenditure. But now, what kind of expenditure are we talking about? We're talking mm -hmm. about productive capital spending productive mm. capital spending as against recurrent expenditure. Currently, we are okay. not manage, managing that delicate balance. We are spending more on recurrent expenditure. About 90, 99%, 90% mm. of your revenue is going to fund, is going to payment of salaries of, uh, of public sector workers. That's a disaster for a country. Mm. So what we are saying is that the leadership of a country must sit down to make sure that whatever we are doing must be such that drives investment drives savings and also drives uh, you know aggregate uh, you know demand in the, in the economy awesome. that's awesome okay i, I want you to you might have to take back to your other network because this you're you're frozen can you can you come back in again with your link okay okay yeah wow it's been an amazing time with uh Dr. Emmanuel Abolo. Yeah, you are back on again. You are back on again. Um, but your link is, yeah, just, um, we're going to be listening to um, Dr. Abolo. He should be coming back on again. Um, is uh internet connectivity is having a bit of challenge but we've been sharing on risk management and leadership or leadership and risk management and he was talking about the risk appetite of leadership uh that if we have leaders that have a risk uh management strategy in place they must also be willing to comply you know with those policies and uh, that's the only way that you know those companies can thrive but if uh, those companies uh, have the the risk management in place, but still don't uh, embrace the strategies, uh, it can be a challenge. You're welcome back, sir. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Yes. So you, you were talking about you know the economy, our economy, you know the the Nigerian economy in terms of risk. Yeah. Can you just continue from where you stopped? Yes, sir. Uh, so I was saying that there are so many risks that are facing every country. It's not only Nigeria, okay. um, uh, but every risk is meant to be managed. Hmm. Every risk is meant to be managed. Um, so, but the way we are managing risk currently appear to me to be quite uh, disaggregate, disaggregated. Okay. I use the word disaggregated very deliberately. Uh, my understanding and my perception is that uh, monetary policy and fiscal policy they need to be managed in an integrated form there has to be a coordination 
between fiscal policy and monetary policy. Now, those are the two policies that you know helps to manage you know uh, the the risk, as it were, in quote, of of an economy in order to have sound macroeconomic fundamentals. Now, the situation you have whereby the fiscal policy is moving in one direction and the monetary policy is moving in a different direction, you are not going to get the very best. Everything has to be done within a general equilibrium framework. Um, you, you will understand, you will appreciate the fact that under, uh, was it Obasanjo, you had um, uh, Dr. Konjo Walia, who was not just the Minister of Finance, she was also the coordinating minister of the economy. Mm. So the, what is happening currently, uh, there is no clear connection. You know, the, the link between monetary policy and fiscal policy are not very strong. And I, would, I always like to advocate that we need a coordinating minister of the economy. The situation we find ourselves now. Secondly, I also would like to argue that the situation we find ourselves it's not, it's no longer about political parties. We have gone past that level of saying this one is uh, a PPC or this one is TTC and so on. The situation we find ourselves in this country, we need leadership to bring everybody to a rallying point. And they provide a vision, a direction that everybody must key into, okay? If we are to take Nigeria out of this uh, shallow grave that we have found ourselves, it's still a shallow grave, it's not deep yet, okay? Um, we need to come together, there must be a rallying point. Let's not emphasize, you know, what you find now is someone decamping here or not decamping there and so on. This cannot take us anywhere. We need to come together at this point in time. Let's de-emphasize the issue of, uh, I don't know what kind of model, uh, this political part, APC, PCC, and TCC. It's not working. It's not working. We find ourselves in this mess now. It's not working. So I expect leadership. If we have to manage the risk we are facing now, which has now crystallized into you know high level of insecurity across the land. It's not. It's no longer issue of northeast or northwest. It's across the land, to the extent that uh, we are being told when to jog. Wow. And when not to jog. Signal that wow. things are not well. Don't jog too early in the morning. Don't jog too late in the evening and so on. So I believe that leadership must now come together to say, come, this is the vision in which all of us must be moving into. Let's key in. Once people now key in and make sure that you do not uh, you know, discriminate or discriminate between one person, one thing and the other, and everybody moves in that same direction. That's what leadership is about. Mm. Leadership is about having your followers. If, wow. you are, if you are in front and you call yourself a leader, and nobody mm. is following you, then you are not a leader. Mm. But you, you need at least 80, 70% of your people to be, to be following you. That is mm. the only way we can get the success that we need in this country. Wow, wow, amazing. Uh, wow, if you are just joining us tonight, I've been speaking with Dr. Emmanuel Moabolo. Um, he's an economist, he has a PhD in economist, and he's not just um, an economist, he's also uh, somebody that is very vast in the area of risk management. Um, I just want you to speak into the area. In what ways can a leader improve on risk management strategies? You know, even what are your suggestions, even for a nation Nigeria at this point in time, in terms of the risk management strategy for Nigeria? Um, let's first take it at the corporate level. Okay. Uh, what uh, what what can be done to improve uh, uh, risk management? Uh, 
uh, risk management in uh, respective institutions, no matter the type of uh, organization, how can we improve? Well, from my experience and my perspective over the years, I've always found out that the most fundamental thing, the most fundamental for you know, efficient and effective risk management is building the right risk culture. Mm. What is this uh, risk culture? Um, we, can, we can define the risk culture as uh, the, the set of norms, the norms and traditions of behavior of indiv individuals and groups of people within an organization. The norms, the traditions, in other words, the way things are done here. That is what you mean by culture, the way things are done here. And that risk culture should be the thing that determine the way in which we manage risk within that organization. So what am I talking about here? I am saying the starting point for an effective risk management is building the right risk culture. The risk culture simply means that in everything that we do, we factor risk into our decisions. So you find the gate man, if that is the culture, if it's a risk culture that works in an organization, the gate man knows that his job is key, that if he does not do his job where well, arm robbers can enter into that company. So he doesn't take the job for granted. He's very serious because risk has been embedded into him. It becomes part of his DNA. So when you have every person within the organization, okay, always thinking and breathing, you know, risk in all that they do, that is the right strategy for me. That's the right strategy. So it is not about having uh, some set of people that you refer to as uh, risk managers or risk officers. They are not many, even if they are many. Wow, wow. Sorry about the network interruption. I've been speaking with Dr. Emmanuel Moabolo. He's been speaking on leadership and risk management. I'm sure he'll be coming back in very shortly. Uh, he used to be uh, the chief economist of First Bank and also the chief economist of Access, Access Bank. You're welcome, sir. Sorry about the network interruption. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I think the the interruption is still is still on. Uh, you might have to we might have to just wait for him to. Uh, but he's just he's just been sharing a lot of nuggets tonight. Um, um, and I'm so excited that you know he's is with us tonight, uh, sharing a lot of nuggets on on leadership and and and, and risk management. Um, I, I believe strongly that risk is very important for us to, even as individuals, uh, to assess the level of risk, you know, that we, you know, engage in, you know, or either external or internal. Because if we don't, you know, take risk into uh, cognizance, you find that whatever you're doing, whether you are a business person, you're a leader, you, you know, you are, you, there's a level of risk that you're exposed to. So you must be able to, uh, you know, evaluate those risks. Uh, for example, you talked about the um, the security guard in a company. If you have spent so much money, you know, uh, you know, improving your your assets, and the the guard in the company is not cognizant of, is not aware, risk aware, it might expose the staff and even the uh, 
the people in that organization to um to a high level of risk by just being careless through the things that he says maybe he might just expose divulge sensitive information and even as a leader um you know it's not just for, he has told us tonight that it's not just for a leader to say oh you know have a, a risk uh, uh strategy in place but there must also the, be the willingness of the leader to um implement those policies if you have policies in place and they're in paper but it's not actually uh been you know on a day today uh been uh, you know implemented it can expose that organization you know uh to a lot of challenges and so risk is is very important for a leader um, to be able to evaluate risk regularly even for us it's come it's come back on again now <laughs> you know um and that's all part of leadership you know <laughs> You're welcome back. I can see that the network has been trying to throw you out. <laughs> it's so, a, it's but it's infrastructural problems. Yeah, yes. it's all part of the risk. Uh, yes. Continue, please. Yes. Yes. So I, I was talking about risk culture. That's a starting point. Okay. Every organization, I always recommend that the first thing is to build the right risk culture. Hmm. We as I as, as a risk management uh, you know, practitioner, I do know for sure that um, the, you know, every process owner, mm. every business owner, you have a responsibility for managing risk. Mm. So if you have the risk professionals in the head office, for instance, the chief risk officer, the head of credit, the head of operational risk, and so on, they are not more than 20 people. And you have mm. your subsidiaries located all over the world. You have your branches everywhere. These 20 people cannot manage risk across the whole, the whole world. It's not possible. So what you need to do is to make sure everybody is a risk manager. And that is what you mean by the risk culture. So once everybody is conscious that they have primary responsibility for managing risk, that is the right strategy. The other thing which I mentioned before has to do with the body language. That is the tone at the top. The leadership of the organization must set the right tone. Okay, they must walk the talk. There must be accountability. There must be a means of incentivizing, providing incentives for people to want to co uh, comply with you know policies and make sure that there is effective risk management. And then, of course, you have to build risk risk into the performance management system of the organization, uh, just okay. to be sure that if you are not managing risk well. In your own territory within your own desk and something goes wrong of course the performance management system will throw you out and you'll be appropriately sanctioned so creating the right uh, the right uh, risk culture setting the, the the right tone from the top and secondly incentivizing and also creating uh, you know building risk into the performance management system of uh, respective uh, organizations so if you take that to the level of the macro environment yeah yeah, of course you have the you know you have the president, you have ministers, you have uh, heads of parastatus and all of that. Every of these institutions at every levels they have their roles and responsibilities. So by the time you set targets and define scope of what each person must deliver and what you must not do, there must be you know a system that we throw out throw up you know individuals who are not. Uh, delivering on their mandate okay and then of course mm. you must have the political will 
the political mm. will to sanction, to carry out. the yeah. political will to sanction, the political will to make sure that people, you know, deliver on their mandates. But when there is a lack of political will, then things go bad. Okay, things mm. go bad. So that's mm. that's my recommendation that we must hold people accountable for what they are accounting for, as it were. Mm. Wow, wow. So it's not about just having those policies in place, doctor. It's not about having no, policies in place. Policies. But in fact, there's what we call the 80-20 rule. 80-20 rule. 20 is the energy. The 20% is the energy you put to developing policies and plans. Nigeria is not short of plans. Anyway, we have uh, Vision 20, 2010, Vision 2015, Vision 2020. Now we are talking of Vision 2025. Nigeria wow. has been Nigeria has been projected to be among the top 20 economies by 2025, five years from now. Mm. But are we going to get there? We must do things differently. We must do things differently if we are actually going to be among the top, you know, 20 countries by 2025. Wow. So that's, that's it. So I, I believe that um, the current leaders in, in the country, they have, you know, history beckoning on them. You need to write, you know, you need to, uh, uh, you need to have uh, your mark on, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the sand of time. You mm. need to have your footprint on the sand of time you mm. know you know things done so you are given a chance now you know uh, you, you you have that opportunity to be able to write your your name in gold mm. so the choices that we make now we determine whether we want to get there by 2025 mm. we have all the people we have nigerians are very creative nigerians are very intelligent let's be very clear about that nigerians mm. are intelligent people they are very creative if you want to measure the intelligence, go to the UK, for instance. There's uh, one guy who owns about four airports there, you know, that country. Uh, the current, uh, you know, uh, second minister for finance in, in America is a Nigerian. He's mm. a Nigerian. Then you also, the, the, the guy who led the vaccine, who discovered the vaccine for, for this, uh, for this uh, COVID-19, the team was led by a Nigerian in U.S., Go to Canada, the occupying positions in UK, go to the National Assembly. We don't lack people. What we need is leadership to provide the direction for everybody to follow. Nigerians are very intelligent people. Let's face it. Let's face it. Wow. Both from the north, from the south, to the east, to the west, we have the people. But we should be doing policies that will not be driving away our youths from this country. Many of our youths are just migrating to other countries. We shouldn't be doing things that will be driving away our children from the country. And then they go to other countries to be developing other countries. So why don't we create the framework, the mm. enabling environment for our people to stay here and grow this economy? Mm. Wow, 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 wow. <sighs> very, very, very engaging session with uh, Dr. Emmanuel Moabolo. We've been speaking on leadership and risk management i appreciate you and celebrate you for the thoughts that you have shared with us tonight as we begin to uh get towards a close i just want you to um share three things in the area of risk that we need to do even as a nation now right now three things that we need to 
address the area of risk. Yeah, yeah. Um, it will help our economy to, you know, you know, have some sort of uh, uh, stability because, you know, right now there's quite a bit of uncertainty. What What are the three things that we need to do in the area of risk here to address? Yes. 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 In terms of priority, I think that security is number one. Okay. Because in the absence of security, no nation will develop. Hmm. We see what is happening in Libya. We see what is happening in Afghanistan. You see what is happening in uh, in Libya, in uh, Syria, and so on. No development can take place without security. So, like I said, the issue of security has gone beyond political parties. It has gone beyond political parties. So, I believe that the leadership of the country must not sit down, uh, maybe with um, uh, uh, prior leaders, and come together and see how do we solve this problem. Now, I think part of the problem has to do with the high level of uh, poverty in mm. the country, high level of poverty. We, uh, as I understand, we are the poverty capital of the world. So when you have high level of poverty, it fuels this kind of high level of uh, insecurity. Mm. So we need to make institutions to work. We need to create the right infrastructure because mm. if you have infrastructure, for instance, like electricity, Nigerians are not lazy people. If you have the right infrastructure, electricity, just electricity alone, electricity alone, you will find that this insecurity we go down is because people are not engaged. Mm. And so since they are not engaged, they take mm. it to drugs mm. because the devil must find work for the idle mind. Mm. So because many of the youths are not engaged, yeah. you see people, they graduate from universities, five years, seven years, no job no job what do you want them to do what do you want them to do so the, there must be a, a, a you know a, 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 a programmatic approach to this issue one mm. how do we provide employment for the people mm. now to provide employment i say the first thing is infrastructure mm. electricity that's, that's just enough if you get electricity right and everybody is able to small and medium scale enterprises people are not looking for big things they just want to be engaged. And with electricity, millions and millions of Nigerians will be engaged. Mm. We cannot be using the tokenism approach. This tokenism of uh, sharing 2,000, 3,000 naira. They say, give somebody you know, a hook to catch his own fish, mm. rather than giving fish. Because when he eats the fish, he will come back the next day. He will go hungry. Mm. So this tokenism of sharing one naira, two naira, it cannot solve the problem. We want to fix infrastructure. We want to fix electricity so that Nigerians will be engaged. That's, they are not asking for too much. They are not asking for too much. And once they are engaged, you see that the, the level of unemployment will go down. Mm. People will be engaged. And all these pockets of uh, kidnapping and uh, arm robbery and so on will be reduced. So that's, that's my point. To, okay. to deal with the issue of insecurity. Okay, good, good, excellent. So um, now, in closing, who are your mentors? Because you are very wide in the area of knowledge and you know experience and exposure. Who are your mentors? Because I believe also that when a man speaks with so much depth as you are speaking, you must have mentors. There must have been some level of uh, training that you must have been exposed to. Yes, sir. Okay, 
the superlative words you have used to describe me will soon make me to start crying and i don't want to cry <laughs> okay now let me say this yeah. well my first mentor is god himself yeah it's god there is something in the i'm sure there's something also in quran in the bible say what do we have that god has not given to us nothing Yes, nothing we have that God has not given to us. So I would say my first mentor, number one, is God. My second mentor is myself. My second mentor is myself. Okay? Um, so I mentor myself. Wow. And that's why I try to build knowledge. Mm. I, I, want, I build capacity on my own. Okay? Mm. I don't know. I don't have to. In a world, in a digital age, the knowledge is out there. It's just mm. for you to grab it, to take it. Mm. Just take it free of charge. In our time in the universities, before you can get one article, it take you two weeks to get an article to read. Now mm. you have millions, and by tapping education, now you will see millions of articles. Mm. So I would say my second mentor is myself. Mm. My third mentor. We wow, the network is displaying up. Okay, is the former Emir of Kano. Yes, the former Emir of Kano. That wow. is his, his Royal Highness, uh, Muhammadu Sanusi II. Mm. That man, I have a lot of deep respect for him. He trained me when I was at the university, when I was uh, at First Bank. Wow. This man is an intellectual to the core and is respected globally. And I hope that somebody will find him and bring him to come and do something about this economy that we, are, we, are, we, are, we find ourselves. So he's my, he is my third, but permit me to have a fourth mentor. That yeah. fourth mentor is uh, Aig Imokwede. Okay. Aig Imokwede was the former uh, group managing director of uh, Access Bank PLC. He's a very intelligent man. He also trained me very well, and I owe a lot of respect both to himself and also the former Emir of Kano. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I've been speaking with Dr. Emmanuel Moabolo. He used to be a one-time uh, chief economist for First Bank and also for Access Bank. And he has been sharing on uh, leadership and risk management. We benefited so much from you tonight, sir. And um, I just want to celebrate you. I want to salute you. I want to also uh, believe that we'll be calling on you in the uh very not too distant future i've had also the uh, opportunity to share the platform with you on channels tv when we we're talking about rethinking the economy that was in may 2019 and you are still as sharp as ever still ready to yes add value please just, just give me one minute and eh? give me one minute adegoke omotola is my very special friend uh when i was at the university his father uh, the former vice chancellor of the University of Lagos is revered. People still talk about him to, uh, to tomorrow. A man of integrity, Motola, mm -hmm. a man of integrity. If you go to University of Lagos, even in Nigeria globally, his father is well respected. He's a man of integrity. Okay, we trained there when he was vice chancellor of the university. And I'm saying that I'm very proud to be associated with his son, Adegoke mm -hmm. Motola. He's not just interviewing me. Is my very, very special friend. Take note of that. Wow, wow. Thank you so much. Wow, wow. This is amazing. I'm so, I'm highly humbled. 
you know, you have really shown your pedigree and you have shown that you are also someone who is ready and willing to add value, not just from, uh, you know, uh, the comfort of your home, but you are ready to just reach out. There are quite a number of people that will be watching this in the replay and your thoughts, you know, the knowledge that you have shared tonight will be um, used even in, you know, um, framing organizations, framing nations, you know, so I don't want you to think that you just appeared here by accident. This is just by grand design. And I want to I celebrate, you. you know, you are not just uh, a Nigerian, but you are an intellectual, you know, an older of a, a PhD in economics. <laughs> economics, not just in applying it, you know, in the classroom, but also in the business, in the business world. You know, Dr. Abono, we appreciate you. And uh, I want you. to believe that um, your thoughts, you know, uh, will be uh, implemented even beyond the nation of Nigeria. You know, um, we you. need to we need to project people like you. You know, for a lot of you know a lot of us sometimes we're a bit discouraged and we think we are we are you know the people that are supposed to be speaking on behalf of this nation. And I thank God that you've come tonight to to share your thoughts. And for those that have just joined us, please watch the replay. You will benefit a lot leadership and risk management. Any leader that is not able to assess risk, that does not have a risk strategy in place, um, would will fall flat, you know, because risk is very, very important. Particularly in a nation, you know, like Nigeria. I mean, we started off 2020 with a lot of projections of COVID came, NSAS came, everything has, you know, turned uh, the other way around. But I believe strongly that when we're able to assess the risk, we're able to recalibrate uh, 2021 will be a better year. So thank you so much, doctor, for joining us tonight. And till next thank week, next week we're going to thank you so much. Thank you. Have a it's wonderful day. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank, you. Thank, you. Thank, you. thank you. Read your family thank right. You. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye.